Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. The new year offers hope to everyone as we look to the future and all of its potential and possibilities. But no matter what the future that we envision in this season, nothing will change our lives unless we choose to make a change. At Abundant Life Worship Center, we begin the new year with a new series titled The Best Year Ever. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the message. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm called to impart the truth that I have received from God to other people. Amen. Hallelujah. You are an imparter. Abundant kids, you may be dismissed. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are an imparter. To be an imparter means that you are equipped to pass on to others the things that you have received. Amen. You're so powerful. You are so gifted. And you are so talented that God entrusts you with his most prized possession. Amen. God entrusts you with his most prized possession. Do you know what God's most prized possession is? You. (laughs) Amen. God has entrusted you with you. Amen. Now, you might say, well, that's obvious. It's not obvious. Because we sometimes don't believe that we are in charge of us. Sometimes we believe external circumstances are in charge of us, or the economy is in charge of us, or whether there's going to be a war or not a war is in charge of us, or our fear is in charge of us, or our phobias are in charge of us, or our boss is in charge of us, but you're not. You're in charge of you. And God has trusted you with you. It's called free will. God has trusted you with you and give you the power to choose. That's why it was so powerful today when we were singing and we say, we choose. (laughs) Amen. We choose because you have been given the power of choice. My dog does not have the power of choice. My dog goes wherever the wind blows. Whatever catches my dog's attention is where my dog goes. My dog scratches without concern for who's in the room. My dog does whatever my dog wants to do. Because my dog moves by instinct and not by choice. So we can say that man evolved from from other things, and, and I'll leave it to you to decide. But I'll just say the distinction between humanity, and you can say whatever you like. The distinction between humanity and everything else is that man has a power to choose. He said, well, I saw a monkey that was choosing things. (laughs) And he was in a cage, wasn't he? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) He didn't choose that cage. (laughs) Amen. So understand that going into 2020, you have to be prepared. To use your power of choice. So next year, 
excuse me, now it's this year, is going to be the best year ever. Amen. And why is it going to be the best year ever? Because you're going to choose to make it the best year ever. Amen. It's not going to be the best year ever because somebody's going to let you do something or somebody's going to give you something. Because guess what? Nobody's going to let you do anything and nobody's going to give you anything. You're going to choose to make it the best year ever. And when you choose to make it the best year ever, God will give you the ultimate choice. And that is, will you let him show you how? to make it the best year ever. <laughs> See, once you decide it's going to be the best year, then you have to decide to commit your will to God so that God can show you the way that you should go. Amen. When you commit your ways to God, God will then give you instruction and guidance and he will show you how to move the way you should move and how to do things that you should not be able to do. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, the best year ever. <laughs> Praise God. I guess I'll get to my, let me get to my notes here because I, I want to I wanna make sure you get what you need. Go to Acts 2020 and let's start it with this. Acts 2020, we're going to begin at verse 18 and, and our key scripture is Acts 2020, but, but we're going to begin at, 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 at verse 18. This passage is so critical because this is a passage about making choices. And Paul was talking to the church. He had called the elders together, all the elders from around Asia. He said, come, I want to talk to you. And when he had called them together, when they had come to him, he said to them, you know that from the first day that I came to Asia, from the very start, What manner I always lived among you. In other words, he said, I didn't keep any secrets from you. There was no hidden agendas from you. What you saw is what you got. I lived in a manner that was consistent. I showed you who I was. I allowed you to see my life. I allowed you in. I had no secrets. I always lived among you. Next verse. Serving the Lord with all Humility. I didn't come and try to lord over you. Amen. Paul said, I didn't come to try to make myself a lord over you. I served the Lord with humility. With humility. I didn't try to make myself somebody. I didn't declare I was had some. I didn't make myself anything. I served the Lord with what? Humility. With many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. In other words, you guys saw the fact that there were people who put themselves against me, yet I didn't stop serving. Amen. The Jews plotted against me. In other words, there was an active move to stop me from doing what I was called to do, but I didn't stop. <laughs> Amen. Look, plotting. And verse 20 says, how I kept back nothing, nothing that was helpful, 
but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. He said, I serve the Lord with humility. I served in spite of attacks from the outside. And I held nothing back. Woo! Glory to God. See, 2020 needs to be a year that you make a decision that, number one, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to serve him in humility. Amen. One of the powerful, one of the most powerful things I've ever witnessed as a human being was there was this man who was a pastor. He was a pastor of a huge church and all this tremendous ministry going. And he came to my house when I was a child. And when, I, when he came to my house, he was coming to do a ceremony at our house. And I saw the man and I knew who he was. And I was probably about 10 years old. I was running around the house because it was one of those ceremonies you have at your house where the kids are kind of excluded, but I was there, so I just was doing my thing. And so I ran into the den of our house, and I, there he was, this great man on his knees, asking the Holy Spirit to help him when he was doing a house ceremony. He has a stage of thousands that he preaches to week to week, but he's in my little house on his knees with nobody else around asking the Holy Ghost to help him. <laughs> that is what serving with humility is. Serving with humility is when you in your private time, when nobody else is looking, are willing to ask God to be with you and help you when you need help. Serving the Lord with humility means that you take the time to prepare yourself and be ready for anything that comes. Amen. That's serving the Lord with humility. And when you stand in front of thousands or however many you call to stand in front of, tens or ones or whatever the case may be, that you serve the Lord with humility in private so that when you're open, you're rewarded with his presence. Amen. I saw this man. He was, uh, he was uh, 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 serving in the church, and they asked him to get up and say something. And so nobody had ever had him see, heard him speak, but it was a special occasion where it was a good thing for him to be the one to say something. And when he got up to speak, he floored everybody. Because the man who never says anything, he stood up, and out of his mouth came the power of God. Not a preacher, not a minister, just a man serving God around the church that you see him all the time. But when he stood up to speak, what came out of his mouth revealed that he had served the Lord with humility. Because when it was time to speak, he spoke with power. Whew, glory to God. So 2020, will you serve the Lord with humility? Number two, will you stand when trials come against you? See, in verse 19, he said, I had to preach even with the plotting of the Jews. <laughs> you saw the trials I went through. I went through my trials publicly, he told them. You saw it. 
You saw that things came against me. You saw the attacks against me. And you saw that I never stopped serving. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you step forward to do what God's called you to do, there will be a trial. Amen. See, the book of Job, that we all know about the book of Job, right? The book of Job is a story of a man who was serving God. Blameless in his generation. But trials came. And the trials came in the form of losing children. Mm. The trials came in physical sickness. The, child, the trials came in loss of money, his wealth. And the trial came in his wife challenging his integrity. And then when he thought all the trials were gone, his friends came to comfort him. And what did they do? They made accusations. <laughs> so when you step forward, expect trials to come. But the end of the book of Job says this. It says that God spoke to his friends and said, you bring an offering to my servant Job and he's going to pray for you. The one you came to comfort is actually the one who's got the answer to free your life. Come on, sometimes when people are challenged, they're saying, look, what's, you, something's wrong with your life. You might be the one who has an answer for their life. Come on, expect in 2020 when your trials come, you got answers for people who might be condemners of you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It sounds like fun, doesn't it? Amen. Yes, it does. <laughs> Because your trials are never for nothing. Your trials never come for no reason at all. Your trials are... Intentional is a good word. Your trials even come with a self-addressed envelope. <laughs> Amen. Come on, it's coming to me, but it's going back where it came from. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's already got postage on it to go back. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Paul said, I served with humility. I served under trials. And I held nothing back. I'm, a, I'm guilty of holding things back. Not because I don't want people to have it, but because I'm too busy trying to make it perfect. <laughs> too busy trying to polish this thing for you amen if somebody's hungry and you have an apple in your hand and you're trying to polish it and making sure it's just right for them and they starve and they say give me that apple. just give it to me come on stop wiping that apple hand it to me I'm ready to eat amen no I'm just trying to I'm trying to get this one little thing I said, I'll get it off you just hand me the apple <laughs> I'm gonna get it off when I bite it amen <laughs> amen but our sense of perfection stops us from giving away sometimes what God has called us to give away. Somebody has a workshop in their heart that they want to offer to people and they're trying to get it perfect before they release it. 
I know people are going to be blessed by this, but I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it right, getting it right. Guess what? Sometimes you need to announce that the workshop is coming so you get under pressure to finish it. Sometimes you need to set a date. It's going to be on March the 3rd. <laughs> oh, I got to get this thing done. Now you're going to get it done. Amen. Because now you're on the spot. Amen. All the excuses are gone because you didn't publicize that it's coming on the 3rd. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm on y'all toes now. Come on. I wish y'all could see how, many, how, many, how much of this is going on. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. 2020 vision is about clarity. It's about clarity. In Acts 2020, Paul was making it clear. He was making it clear. He said, listen, I've held nothing back. I taught you publicly, and I taught you from house to house. In other words, I talked to big groups of people, and then I went to individuals and talked to them. And that's your life. Your life is going to be in public, and it's going to be in house to house. Because the things that God has given you to do, you are going to release them. Amen. You're going to release the stuff God gave you to release. Amen. And I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it. You're not going to write everything in your mind that you ever dreamed of and, do, and try to do it because you're going to do the same thing you always did. You're going to procrastinate because you got too many ideas and you can't start one. Amen. <laughs> See, the Egyptians, there's millions of the Egyptians in slavery, excuse me, the Hebrews in slavery in Egypt. There's millions of them. And Moses decides he's going to do something about it. And he made a decision that he's going to go, he's going to free millions of people. He's going to start with beating somebody who's beaten one of the Hebrews. He kills somebody and the Hebrews say, are you going to kill us like you killed him? No, I killed him for y'all. No, we're telling on you. <laughs> he had to leave Egypt and go away. 40 years he's away. And then God tells him, I'm going to tell you how to set them free. Because you're not going to set them free by you trying to set them free. You're going to set them free by listening to me. <laughs> Amen. He said, you're trying to go out of the environment where I put you. You're trying to go out of that environment and get with the people and help the people. But I didn't put you there. Come on now. I put you in Pharaoh's house. So in Pharaoh's house is where you're going to set them free. <laughs> Amen. I knew a man, he told me, he said, man, I'm quitting my job and I'm going full time in ministry. I said, okay, praise the Lord. And a few years later, he was done. I'm going to tell you why. Not because he didn't love God. Not because it ain't a good thing to be full-time in ministry. But you got to serve God first where he put you. Because see, if you don't serve God where he put you, you ain't going to serve God where you go where you want to go. See, Moses wanted to go and serve the people by getting down with the people. God said, I took you out of the people to put you in Pharaoh's house. <laughs> hey, come on. 
So I can't now bless you back with the people when that's not where I put you. Amen. See, when I was at, when I was in my previous church, I was so comfortable. I had it, I had it perfect. I only had to preach every now and then. I had the Bible school. I was, you know, my own little domain. Ain't nobody messing with me. I, if I say it's 20 classes, it's going to be 20 classes. If I say it's three, it's going to be three. I got total control, total autonomy. Nobody bothering me. Nobody doing nothing to me. I'm good. I got it made. And then somebody sent Tammy a letter. And the letter was talking about eagles. And it said that when eagles create a nest, they create it in layers. The first layer is all the hard materials to make it strong. And then they put more materials inside all the way to the last layer is feathers. And then they lay their eggs there. And on top of this gentle bed of feathers, the little eagle breaks out of the shell. And now he's sitting there, he's He's just so light, he's sitting on top of the feathers, no big deal. But as he grows, eventually his own weight puts him in pressure on the materials that are at the bottom. And he starts to feel the pressure of his own growth. And eventually he has to get out and fly because he can't stand no longer to sit and be pinched by the thorns and the stuff that the actual nest is made from. And so he leaves the nest because he's too big and heavy to keep sitting in the nest. It's like a 35-year-old sitting in his mama's basement playing video games. He needs to get out. And until it gets too painful for him to stay, he will stay. Amen. Amen. But 2020 vision is about being clear when a season has come for you to take steps that you have to take. And to know that there's one step. The step where God placed you step and to activate what God gave you in the first environment and not despise humble beginnings. Because humble beginnings are your opportunity to perfect what God has given you. Come on. See, God told the children of Israel when he took them into the promised land, he said, I can't give you the whole land because the animals will overtake you. In other words, you don't worry about the giants. You can't handle the animals. <laughs> Amen. You see the giants, we can't go because the giants, the giants ain't your problem. Right now, that lion is your problem. Amen. And those bears out there, that's your problem right now. So you need to take a little bit of land and perfect that land and fight one bear at a time. Then you'll be ready for the giants when you get there. It's the David principle. David, when he faced Goliath, he said, I have fought both the lion and the bear, and you're going to be like one of them. He had a new boldness because when he was humble, taking care of sheep, he was preparation for him to step into bigger things and not be afraid of the moment. Because that's what God does is he prepares us 
So Paul was telling them, he said, look, let me tell you how to do this. You got to serve the Lord with humility. You got to face the trials when they come to you where you are and then hold nothing back. And when you hold nothing back, you're going to become a blessing. Paul was not one of the apostles who walked with Jesus. Because see, sometimes we look at Paul and we say, oh yeah, if I was back in the Bible days and I, if I heard Jesus preaching, no, you would be doing just what you're doing right now. <laughs> when Thomas, Jesus died and risen and all the disciples in a room and Jesus appears to them. And Thomas wasn't there. And they were so excited. Jesus leaves and Thomas shows up. They said, Jesus was here. He said, I won't believe you. He said, I will not believe unless I see him myself and I put my hand. I want to touch the hole in his side. I want to touch the hole in his hands. And then Jesus showed up later. He said, you want to touch me? Here I am. And then Jesus spoke these words. He said, blessed are you because you've seen, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Amen. See, we haven't seen Jesus, but we believe. And he said, you are blessed when you believe, even though you have not seen. Paul didn't see Jesus. Come on. Paul did not see Jesus. So Paul is like us. Paul is like us. Paul said, these things, Timothy, these things you've seen and heard of me. I want you to take those things, commit them to faithful people, teach them so that they can teach other people also because none of us have seen. <laughs> Yet we believe. Man. Peter and John saw Jesus and they had the power of the Holy Spirit coming them on the upper room and they went out and they began walking by people and their shadows were healing people. Woo! They saw Jesus. Amen. Come on. But, Pete, but Paul didn't see Jesus and yet the same thing happened to him. He's walking by people and his shadow is healing people. He sent a cloth to somebody and it heals somebody. Why? Because the same Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for the apostles, he will do for us. But it requires a decision, a choice to be immersed in the things of God and let God touch us in such a way that the power of God flows through us. It's a different way to walk. It's a different way to live. But it's what we're going to do. Amen. Listen, open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. When we think about 20, this vision of 2020, when we think about what Paul did, he said these three things that I did. What does that look like for us? Man, some of y'all got some great rings. I mean, I'd be... Hearing y'all rings, I'd be, oh, man, I like that, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Silence your phone. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. But you don't want your pastor getting up here grooving to your, to your phone ring. Amen. Come on. 
your ringtone rather. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. I want you to listen. Listen, look at this very closely. This is Paul talking to the church at Colossae. He said, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. Remember we just said to the, to the elders in Acts, he said, you know I suffered trials because of the Jews. But now he says here, he said, I've learned how to rejoice in those sufferings because I know it's not for me, it's for you. I'm not suffering because I did something wrong. I'm not suffering because I'm an evil person. I'm suffering because I'm supposed to learn something in this to give it to you. I'm rejoicing in my suffering. In other words, I'm going through this knowing that I'm going to help somebody. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Me and my wife had a little, a little friction on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so she came in. She came in, and boy, she, her worship was on all the way, right? Her worship was on. And so when we got in the car, she said, thank you for my worship. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> her suffering with me blessed everybody else. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Iron sharpens iron. Remember we told y'all, y'all, taught y'all before. Iron sharpens iron. And if, if you are hard, God's got to send something as hard as you to sharpen you. If it's softer than you, you'll cut through it. So it got to be hard as you. So when you look at your spouse, she's so hard. Yeah, that means you hard too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's steel right there, y'all. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Amen. Come on. Don't run, get sharpened. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. It's for you that I suffer. Amen. And fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. For the sake of his body, which is the church. Paul said, all this suffering, all these challenges I'm going through, I'm going through this on behalf of the body of Christ, which is the church. That's why your testimony and your story are so critical. Because your story is for the church. Your testimony, your struggles, they are a story for the church. Amen. Because the church needs to hear how you overcame. Amen. The church needs to hear how you overcame. Timmy and I have a couple that we, we talked to. And, and they, 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 were, they called her to ask her about something, and, and uh, she had an answer because we've been there. 
She had an answer for them because we've, already, we've traveled those waters. Amen. We sailed that sea. Amen. And we came to the other side. Amen. Verse 25. Of which I became a minister. I became a minister of the church according to the stewardship from God. In other words, God gave me something that I was supposed to have dominion over. Because dominion equals responsibility. Amen. We're thinking about dominion as standing on top of something. But dominion actually is responsibility. We said the man is the head of the family. That means the man's responsible for the family. He's supposed to have dominion in his family. It means he's responsible for his family. Amen. Doesn't mean that he's supposed to lord over. Amen. It means he's responsible for. That means he's responsible for his behavior in front of his family. He's responsible for his behavior with his family. And he's responsible for the outcomes in his family. Amen. Because the word says, I'm supposed to train up a child in the way that they should go. Tip for all the parents. Don't raise good kids. Raise good adults. Amen. Raise good adults. Raise ones who will come up and be responsible adults. Amen. I've seen some good kids that became bad adults. <laughs> and I've been a bad kid that became a good adult. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship. In other words, there's something entrusted to us. Something's entrusted to us. The first thing that's entrusted to you is your own choices. But the second thing that's entrusted to you is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. In other words, God gave it to me and I can't preach to you that which I have not tested or proven in my own life. Because at a certain point, if I don't live what I preach, you will see. Amen. If I'm not for real, you'll see it. Now, I'm not perfect. But if something's not right, you'll see it. The mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been what? Revealed. Not to the special, but to the saints. Who are the saints? If you were raised up in certain, in certain uh, religious background, you will believe that saints are only people who have ascended to sainthood. But saints are the body of Christ. 
Saints are those who have put their trust and their faith in Christ. And they become saints because they're grafted into the body of Christ and made to sit in heavenly places in him. Mm, come on. Do you know that your rear end is in two chairs? It's in the chair right here, and then it's in a chair in heaven. You're seated in heavenly places. I'm sorry. Come on. <laughs> You're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. To them, these saints, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. In other words, this mystery, it's glorious. And God wants to make known to you by revelation how glorious the mystery is. He wants us also to not know only among ourselves, but know that there's a glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is everybody who does not know God. It's not just for us. It's for those who don't know God. The glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You want to carry anything into 2020? Carry Christ in. <laughs> carry Christ in to 2020 with you. Amen. Him we preach. Christ we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Look at, what, look at the wording here. Him we preach. Who is Paul talking to? Talking to the church. He's talking to the church. He said, him I preach. No. We preach. Who? The church. Him we preach. We preach Christ. Come on, now make a person say, I preach Christ. Now go, come on. I preach Christ. Not that preach. The word preach means to proclaim. Tap your neighbor on the show and say, go on, preacher, go on, go on. <laughs> Amen. Let's go back one more time. Go back 28 one more time. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. Warning does not mean preach fire and brimstone to people. In all wisdom. Warning means having a conversation with people and identifying where God can bless them. In your conversation, be listening so that you can give a warning. You know, God can bless you with, God can help you with this. Oh, God can, I don't believe. No, trust me, believe me, God can help you with this. You know why? Because God helped me with that. Which requires transparency. Amen. 
See, when Jesus hung on the cross, they took his clothes. They left him bare on the cross. Transparency. Here I am on the cross. See, there's a requirement of us to live in a way that people see our best and sometimes see our cracks. Amen. Warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, withholding nothing because we're willing to teach people that which we know. I know people who on the outside said they did not want to talk about God, but on the inside they're crying out for truth. <laughs> on the inside they're crying out to know the truth, to talk about the truth. Talk about the things on their mind, on their heart, what is really bothering me, what's in there. And so sometimes we have to be patient with people in all wisdom to allow them the opportunity to open and tell us that which we need to know so that God can speak through us to them. Why? For a simple purpose, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I am willing to do what it takes to see you perfect in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. How are you going to do that? Go to, no, no, verse 29. If that wasn't enough. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. In other words, he said, I'm using what I got, laboring and striving, not for my own benefit, but for yours. Amen. You want to know how you're going to prosper in 2020, make it the best year you ever made it? It's because you're going to stop striving for you and start striving for somebody else. You'll start using your gifts, your abilities, your talents on someone else's behalf. <laughs> See, that's the attitude you have to go when you go to work. When you go to work, you have to work on behalf of whoever is on the receiving end of what you do. <laughs> this end, I also labor, not toil, labor. See, labor is, see, the difference between labor and slavery, because we made them the same. The difference between labor and slavery is slavery is what I'm forced to do. Labor is what I give. Amen? Labor's what I give. Slavery's what I'm forced to do. And I might, in slavery, choose to labor. Woo, come on. I might choose to labor in my slavery. In other words, I'm forced to do. I might make a choice to labor, to give my best, to pour it out. That's what Joseph did. Joseph was a slave put to labor. She was put to slavery, but in the middle of it, he made it a labor. He said, no, I'm going to do this as unto the Lord. 
And it said that he labored in, la in the house and he received favor for his labor. Amen. And he became the Lord of the house. How does a slave become the Lord of the house? Because he stopped being a slave in his mind and he started laboring as unto God. Amen. And when he labored unto the Lord, God elevated him and put him in a place where he was Lord over everything. Where Potiphar told him, he said, nothing in my house does not now belong to you, except my wife. <laughs> Amen. He should have told his wife that. <laughs> y'all need to read the story. Y'all get, get that one. Amen. <laughs> Joseph understood. His wife is the one who didn't understand. Amen. <laughs> All right. Praise God. All right. Woo, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Let's get this, get this last piece. Go to Colossians. Um, I don't have it in there. No, I can't go there. I can't go. I don't have time. We'll go to this next week. Go to Galatians 4. He said, I'm laboring on your behalf. Galatians chapter 4, the book of Galatians, in this chapter, uh, Paul is expressing to the church in Galatia, He's telling them that they, these people keep coming to you. Now that we've got you in the gospel, these people just keep coming. They keep coming trying to tell you that the teaching you're receiving is not right. They keep coming trying to persuade you to put down what you're doing for God and join with them. He said they zealously court you. See, they're persistent. They keep coming after you. They keep calling you with foolishness. They keep trying to get you to, 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 to commit to something that is not have to do with what God has told you to do. They zealously court you for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. Verse 18. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always. In other words, yeah, you should be zealous, but be zealous in the right things. And not only when I'm present with you. Paul said, I don't need you to be there to be on fire. Amen. <laughs> we, we had this, we were back in my previous church, we, 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 we were in this meeting one time. And the pastor came and he was, he was, he was sitting in the back of the room. We were having the meeting. He was sitting in the back room. And so the person who was running the meeting said, Pastor, uh, why don't you come up and pray? He said, nope. They said, why not? He said, I didn't come here to pray. Y'all don't need me to pray. Oh, y'all in here? Why well, I got to pray? <laughs> Why well, I got to be the one to pray. Thank you for respecting me, but nope. <laughs> he said, no, I don't have to pray. Why? Because you're here. You got, you, you got what it takes. You talk to God. Amen? Go back to ver verse 18 one more time. But it's, a good, it's good to be zealous in a good thing always and not only when I am present with you. And what he said, he said, what would y'all have done if I wasn't here? Somebody would have prayed, right? Because you got what you need. Be zealous when I'm here. Be zealous when I'm not here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to tell a story, but I'm out of time. 
the next verse. I want you to get this. Get this. My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. He said, I'm laboring, not for me, like a person, a woman given birth. I'm laboring in birth pains again. <laughs> again and again. Amen. And I will keep laboring until this baby's passed. What's the baby? Christ in you, formed in the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. Listen, my wife is beautiful. But there was another level of beauty that I witnessed three times. And it was the, it was the level of beauty after she had given birth. Because there's something about that moment when Christ has been formed. When the baby's delivered. Something about that moment that you can't, you, you can't get at any time. It's only that moment. You only see it then. And you got to see it yourself. Because you can't describe it to somebody else. But Paul said, he said, listen. He said, I'm laboring until Christ be formed in you. And I'm telling you that as a pastor, there is nothing more glorious than to see when I see one of you, Christ revealed in you. When we, wit when we witness and see you do something that shows, man, Christ is formed. Woo, man. There's something powerful about that. And so you know what? We want to do that for you. We want to labor. We want to do whatever we can to see Christ formed in your life. We want to see in 2020, we want to see Christ be formed in you. Because when Christ is formed in you, the hope of glory will be revealed. Woo, man. And the glorious things we're praying for, they manifest because glorious God is working in us. Woo-wee. Glory to God. Come on, this is a year we're going to see new things born. We're going to see new things occur. We're going to see new things happen. It's going to be the best year ever. <laughs> the best year ever, amen. Woo, because we're going to see new things born. We're going to see God do new things in all of us. Woo, glory to God. I will labor. To see it in you. Amen. I will labor to see it in you. Glory to God. <laughs> oh my God. Let's stand on our feet. We know what we need to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Saints, we're going to continue this next week. I got some specific things I want to share with you. But this week, I want you to just begin looking at these passages and meditating Next week, if you want to, you can read Colossians chapter 2 this week, because we're going to go there next week. And in Colossians chapter 2, we're going to start talking about 
the completion that's in Christ. And things that God is working through you to do. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes for a moment here. I'm going to do something this year. As I get ready to pray, I'm going to have everybody stop where you are and hold still while we pray. And then you can kind of move where you got to go after we finish praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. We are rejoicing. We are glad. It's not only the day that you've made, it is the season and the year that you have made, Lord. So we thank you, Father, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, by faith, we are stepping into the newness of life. By faith, we are moving into the strength of God. We are allowing you to do a new thing in us right now. I thank you, Lord, that we have made a decision, Lord, that first of all, we will serve you in humility. Lord, we begin serving you not by works, but, Lord, by taking time with you right now. Just by saying, I'm going to set a daily prayer life and serve the Lord in my prayers first. Begin talking to God every day, Lord. We thank you. That's our first step we're going to take. And, Lord, we thank you that, Lord, that we're going to stand against trials. That when we go into trials, we're going to know this not us that's under attack, but it is our potential. Hallelujah. What we will pour out later is under attack right now. So we'll stand in the middle of trials, and we will endure knowing that someone else is going to benefit from the blessing as we go through. We thank you, Lord, that we will also, Lord, not hold back anything. But the things that we have that are good for others, Lord, we're going to pour out deliberate acts of kindness to their lives. Making a choice to be kind. Making a choice to be a blessing. Making a choice to pour out and to sow into other people as a decision that we make. Deliberately being kind. Deliberately being loving to others. We thank you, Lord God, that you're doing something so powerful in us. Transformation is happening even as we speak, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, even the struggle on the inside right now about making decisions, Lord, that you're calming our spirit. Hallelujah. So that we can clearly hear the voice of God speak to us. So, Lord, we thank you and give you praise for these things right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message titled The Best Year Ever. For more information about the Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and some exciting things that are going on around the ministry. On our media page, you can catch our live stream worship service, which is broadcast every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. If you'd like to join us for a live service, you can click on the About Us tab on the site and get information on service times and directions. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.